of darkness for, will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you, as people will rejoice at the harvest, and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery, and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break their oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior, and the uniforms bloodstained by war, will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule the fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Hold on, hold on. You can't get out of here that fast. Come on, didn't you do a good job, guys? Thank you. Take a bow. You can take a bow now. Okay, there you go. Okay. Awesome. Very good, William. Very good. Thank you, William. Awesome. Well, we are kicking off a brand new series. That is the scripture we're focused on. Let me just say this to you at all of our campuses. You're going to want to have your cell phone out for every service. Okay? I know that not every church is going to say that to you. Uh, But at New Life, we are going to say that. I want you to have your cell phone out for every service. Here's the reason why. I want you to be utilizing the YouVersion app. Okay? Go to the YouVersion Bible app. Click on More or Events and find New Life Church. You should find a tab for New Life Church at Kearney, a New Life tab uh, for North Platte, and a New Life tab for Ogallala, okay? And uh, you're going to want that because this is where the scripture is found, plus other resources are there, and it's a place where you can take notes, all right? And then you can also share that on social media with your other friends and let them know what God's doing here at New Life Church during Christmas. So look, thank you guys so much for being here. My name's Jeff. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and we're going to jump in and look at that passage that William was just reading, by the way. Um, That passage was speaking very clearly in Isaiah as a prophecy about the Savior who was to come, which we now know as Jesus, right? But they didn't know that then. Isaiah was even prophesying uh, to the Israelites while they were under great oppression from the Assyrians, And in fact, they were actually getting ready to go into captivity, to become slaves again, going into a very dark place. This prophecy came about 700 years before Jesus ever showed up. So I don't know if if you came from a church that, um, you know, maybe utilized Advent during the Christmas season. How many of you guys came from a church that, you know, had, had Advent in the tradition? Okay, awesome, awesome. That's really good. That's awesome. Uh, Can you imagine going on a 700-year Advent? (laughs) That's a lot of little windows to open up on a calendar. That's a lot lot of scriptures to read. That's a lot of candles to light. You know what I mean? Uh, 700 years these guys went uh, before the promise was ever fulfilled. Uh, They had a lot of turmoil, a lot of pain. A lot of generations came and they went. But if you go back to that passage, and here's the reason why, why I want you to have the, uh, your phone out, 
because I'm not going to be putting that scripture back on the screens. So if you don't have a, an actual analog Bible, you know, a printed version with you, you're going to want it in a digital form. I want you to go back and I want you to look with me at verse 2. Because verse 2 talked to us very clearly about the fact out of Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 that Jesus is the hope. He's the hope for those living in darkness. He was then and he still is today. It says that Jesus is the light. Jesus himself even said, I am the light of the world. And he promised this to you and me, that if we would put our hope and our faith in him, that the light of Jesus would also shine in us and through us. In verse 3, he drove home the fact that, look, you guys might be a small nation now, right? And you're going to go into captivity. It's going to feel like you're being very oppressed and you're very small and you're powerless and you don't even have a home. But one day I'm going to make you into a great nation. And Jesus says that, uh, Isaiah prophesies this about Jesus, that he will bring joy to the people. He will bring prosperity again to the people. And I don't know about you, but man, if you're walking in a relationship with Jesus Christ, isn't there joy in your heart? Right? Isn't there a prosperity of like sensing like this, like, man, God, you are big, I'm little. There's so much you can do. There's so much that you have done. But we look at our lives, we don't deserve all that God has done for us through Christ. And it's amazing. In verse 4, uh, Isaiah is driving home the fact that God was, he was promising, he was promising spiritual deliverance through Christ. That Jesus was going to be the one who came. That delivered humanity from their sins. And I don't know about you, but I am super thankful that Jesus, the, the spotless lamb, lived his life without sin and gave his life on the cross so that our sins might be, might be broken and the penalty of them might be covered. And Isaiah was prophesying this hundreds of years through the Spirit of God before it ever took place, that the spiritual deliverance was going to come. But then he also drove home the point in verse 4 that the Savior was going to have supernatural deliverance. Just like Gideon and his army of 300 conquered the Midianite nation and their army of only 300, it was like this impossible battle that could never be won, but it was done by the supernatural power of God. And the, and the Spirit of God prophesying through Isaiah is saying to us that this Savior, this Jesus that it is to come, is going to basically crush the backbone of Satan and his grip upon our lives. And I am awesomely thankful for that. He even drives home the point that there is no nation, there is no army, there is no leader in verse 5 that can come against the promise of God or that can shut down the promise of God. And in verse 6, the child he's talking about, hands down, is Jesus himself. In verse 6 as well, he says the government will rest upon his shoulders, meaning this, that Jesus will be a king. And he is a king. Right? And it says these qualities about him, that he will be called wonderful. And I know that in many of your, in many of your like, versions of the Bible, it says he will be called wonderful counselor. All right? But I just want you to know today that when you really study that and you break it down, it should just say that he will be called wonderful, meaning that he is supernatural. He will be counselor, which Jesus called himself a counselor. He will be a mighty God, meaning that he is Emmanuel, God with us. 
And we know today that when Jesus left, he said another counselor will come, and it's better that he comes. Why? Because now this God, Emmanuel, who is with us, now lives in us. That's awesome. He'll be the everlasting father. He's both the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning, and he is the end. He says he will be the prince of peace. And Jesus did bring peace for the salvation of our souls, but that one day he will be the Prince of Peace reigning on his throne in his second coming in the millennial reign. And then finally in verse 7, are you still with me? In verse 7 we have the final guarantee that the kingdom of God will never end and that this promise of Jesus prophesied 700 years before he ever came had a guarantee of the Father. I'm here to tell you today that nothing could cancel the promise of Christmas then and nothing can cancel the promise of Christmas now. Nothing. And if you don't get excited about that, then check your blood pressure. Make sure you're still alive. Make sure the heart's still beating. So nothing, nothing could. And Isaiah was prophesying this. Guys, no army, no man, no leader, no nothing. He's going to be the king. He's going to save the world. It's going to be amazing. But yet they still had to wait 700 years for the promise to be fulfilled. Can you imagine waiting 700 years? You remember when you were a child? And Thanksgiving came, and then you were trying to count down the days for Christmas to come? You remember that? You remember what it was like when you were a kid asking your parents, how many more days till Christmas? Right? And then all of a sudden, the Christmas tree went up. I don't know what your, what your family did, but it was like right after Thanksgiving, my family got together, and we put the Christmas tree up, and there was something exciting about that. But how many times did you walk by the tree to see if gifts had ever ended up underneath the tree? And then when gifts did end up underneath the tree, did you look at them to see if your name was on them? I mean, come on, people. You know you did. You know you did. And then when a gift ended up under the tree with your name on it, what did you do? Did you do anything like what I did where you, you pick up the gift? You want to see if it had some weight to it, right? Is it going to be socks or is it something you were really asking for, right? And did you shake it a little bit? Not to break anything, but just to see, like, does it move? Does it clunk? Right? Because if it doesn't clunk, then man, somebody, somebody packed it really good and there's still just like some, you know, underwear in there. And you don't want that. Right? Did you smell it to see what was in it? I did. I couldn't figure it out. But, I mean, you know, like, like, is it cupcakes? I don't know what I was smelling it for. Right? I'm just a boy. All right? I'm here trying to use all of my senses possible. I'm touching. I'm listening. I'm smelling. I'm licking. I'm doing it all. Whatever it takes to try to figure out what's in that gift, I'm going to do. And do you remember trying to talk your, because I don't know what your family tradition was, right? But do you remember trying to talk your parents into letting you open one gift on Christmas Eve? Was there anybody that had that kind of thing going on? You know, where every year was like, all the gifts are going to get opened on Christmas. And then every year we had to negotiate with our parents to get one gift opened up. Right? And you're waiting for this, and you're just waiting for it. You remember as a kid going to bed then on Christmas Eve, waiting to wake up the next day? You remember that? You remember you woke up at 3 and you ran to your parents' room and they were like, go back to bed. You remember that? Right? I mean, we were waiting for that, and boom, Christmas Day is here. We only had to wait a few days. These guys had to wait 700 years. Do you remember, though, on Christmas Day? Do you ever remember being disappointed on Christmas Day? Do you ever remember, like, you wanted something, but you didn't get it? Do you ever, guys ever, do you remember that at all? 
Um, I, I was trying to remember, like, ref, you know, reflect, reflect back. I couldn't recall any of them. I'm sure it probably happened, uh, but it's so minuscule in the scope of life. I, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even come up with a funny story to even remember about it from my own life, right? So do you ever remember being disappointed or do you ever remember, like, getting something, but it wasn't exactly what you had asked for? Well, once the promised child, Jesus, showed up on the scene in history after 700 years, guess what happened with the Israelites? They didn't get what they expected or wanted. They'd waited 700 years, and they didn't like the gift that came wrapped in the swaddling clothes laying in the manger. That, that didn't meet the standard. The child wasn't the governing king that they were hoping for that was going to rule the nations. He wasn't their earthly liberator either. And in fact, even after 700 years of a promise, most people didn't even recognize that Jesus, the Savior of the world, that was prophesied about had even come. They rejected him completely. But I want you to notice that God had sent his son to be a conquering king, not to be an earthly king over the nations. He had sent his son to open up a door into the everlasting kingdom, an opportunity for people to have their lives transformed, the forgiveness of their sins, but the people were looking for something completely different. And they missed him, and they killed him, and they put him on a cross, and they crucified him. So before we snap really quick to judgment and we judge the Israelites for missing who Jesus really was, I think it might be better for us It'd be more productive for us if we go back and if we can look at their mistakes on how they actually missed Jesus. So let's go back and let's learn from their mistakes. See, this is where their, where their big mistake happened, and it happened while in their waiting period, right? In their waiting period, they created this like self-serving image of God. They took that passage of Scripture and they warped it over time in their waiting to fit what they wanted most. And we do this with Scripture all the time. And we do this with God all the time. In our waiting, we warp Scripture and we warp who God really is to fit our image and to fit our needs and our desires. They asked questions when they looked at that passage of Scripture and they said, you know, how could the Savior benefit me? It was about me. It was a self-serving image of God. How could the, how could the Savior maybe make me more happy? Or how could this Savior, you know, maybe make my life more easy? We have the habit of doing the very same thing. And so what happens is that, look, what are we going to do now in the waiting, the waiting period between now and Christmas? We're in the Christmas season. We're in this waiting period. What is our focus in the midst of this waiting period? Is it what, is it what Christ wants for us? Or are we caught up in this waiting period focusing on the gifts that have to be purchased, the parties that have to be attended, the decorations that have to go up, or maybe the online orders to track? And men, by the way, if you haven't got your online Christmas gift ordered yet, just know, I ordered some stuff. It doesn't come in until January. So good luck. But let me, just, let me just bring some encouragement, all right? What I would like to encourage you with is this. Instead of getting caught up in all of the self-serving attributes of Christmas this season, 
Let's get caught up in taking more and more time to remember the gift of Jesus. Instead of making Christmas a self-serving holiday, let's figure out how to make Christmas what it was really meant to be. The prophecy that came 700 years before it was ever fulfilled. Let's figure out how to get back to who Jesus really is. Let's get back to the biblical Jesus and let him come and reign and rule in our lives. Let's take more and more moments to remember the true gift of Jesus. This brings me to a word called Advent, which simply means coming. It means that we're, there's this expected coming that's happening. And in Advent, you know, people all across the world, all around the world, they take this time four weeks before Christmas and they focus in on the coming of Jesus. And it's very interesting because I didn't grow up in a home that dealt with Advent at all. So we went through the whole holiday season, you know, and we would watch all of the, all of the Peanuts and Snoopy, you know, Christmas specials. And, you know, we would watch all of the little animated guys that kind of move around with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And we were excited about those kinds of things. And then on Christmas Day, my father and mother would, you know, religiously in a Christ-centered way set us down. And in some capacity, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, we would go through the biblical encounter of Jesus being born in a manger. And they would focus our attention on him being the gift. I love that. I'm thankful for that. But I just have to say this, that because we didn't grow up in a church that utilized the tools of Advent, I think we missed out on something. I think we missed out on the purpose of focusing on the person Jesus for multiple days in a row, letting our hearts build up to the anticipation of the Savior of the world has been born. I got it, right? Maybe one of the reasons why is because Advent had became a tradition for somebody somewhere in the past and we kind of like said, well, we just don't want to make it a tradition. We want to make it about relationship with Jesus. I understand that. I get that. But here's what I want to encourage you with. I want to encourage you, if you have Advent in your history and you haven't been utilizing the tools to remind you to read God's Scripture, you haven't lit the candle to remind you to thank the Lord that night that his Savior of the world has, has come, if you haven't done these types of things, can I just encourage you? Bring those back out. Utilize them on a daily basis, right, to remind yourself who is Jesus, the center of this Christmas season. I've had to do a lot of study on Advent. I've read a lot about it. For me to even make these statements, I had to really truly grasp it from a man who never grew up with it in my life. And I can see how the tradition of it can just become something that we just do. I get that. But I'm, I'm here to say to you as a group of people, I believe in you. I believe the best of you. I believe that you can look beyond the, the tradition of something and you can get the best out of it. The best of it would be to focus in on Jesus. Those four weeks, which we're already one week behind, okay? So you, you get like a, an abbreviated Advent if you start this week, all right? We're already one week behind, but the focus had these themes of hope and faith and joy and peace. And if you want to know more about what Advent is, I think of everything I read, the best article I read was from Focus on the Family. And it was written for 2021. I, I had a hard time figuring out how to get you that article. Okay, so if you have the Uversion app, then I have the link for it right there. Bam, you click on it, it will take you right there. But if you don't, 
And you're going to have to like use your search engine. And I would encourage you to search for, for this, this basic kind of statement that you see on the screen. Search focus on the family. Welcome to Advent 2021. All right, just, just lean in on that, okay, and, and focus in on that. Now, the next resource, though, that I have for you is a, is a devotional that I kind of dug into and kind of took a look at. And I think this is probably one of the best devotionals I could find for the Advent season. And the book, the book is entitled, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. Okay, so what I've done is I've, I've made a slide. I put a QR code on it. And you take your phone right now and hold it up with your camera, hold it up to that QR code, and it will take you right to where you can actually purchase the e-version e of that book so that you can start applying the devotion in your family on a daily basis starting tonight. You can start tonight because remember, we're one week behind. So you can get in and you can start doing it tonight. We'll leave that up just for a moment. But look, this Advent season, leave it up until I tell you to take it down, okay? Uh, Bennett, thanks. So all in all, all of our campuses, you're going to want to snap a picture of that, right? Now, not a picture, but it's, you know, take your camera, hold it up, and then it should pop up with the, um, with the little window. Hit it. It will take you to where you need to go. But guys, let's do something. Let's lean in some capacity to remembering in this Advent season who Jesus really is. That would be important because Christmas is an easy holiday to get hijacked. It gets hijacked all the time with events and the consumerism. So practicing some kind of Advent will help keep Jesus at the center. Are you with me still? Okay, awesome. All right, we can move on. There is another, there is another aspect, though, of our waiting. So we're, we're waiting, all right, we're waiting in this season as we're looking to the first coming of Jesus, but we're also waiting in this season as we're looking to the second coming of Jesus, one of the things that I loved when I researched the real heart behind Advent was that it was first and foremost something to say, look, the first coming of Jesus, it has happened. Like it was prophesied, it took place. And if the promise of the first coming was fulfilled like it was prophesied, then, I, then you can have incredible hope that the second coming will be fulfilled as well. And that is an encouraging aspect of Christmas, that because, because our family wasn't focused and utilizing tools like Advent, we didn't lean into that. I'm going to tell you right now, this Christmas for Jeff Baker at 51 years old is going to be radically different than any other Christmas I've ever focused on because I'm also weaving in that if the first coming took place, then the second coming is something I'm looking forward to, church. And that's an incredible gift. That's an incredible gift that you need to lean into, you need to absorb, you need to soak it into your own heart. So can I just give you a few maybe things to focus in on, all right? That well, as we're waiting, as we're going through this Christmas season, wait with great anticipation for the second coming of Christ. Wait with great anticipation. You should be excited about the second coming of Christ because Hebrews 9, 28 says this, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are what? Eagerly waiting for him. You gotta wait with great anticipation. He says, look, I'm coming for those who are waiting with great anticipation, eagerly waiting for him during this season, right? Between now and Christmas, 
as we're reading God's word together, as we're praying, as we're discussing who Jesus is, don't, don't leave out the great anticipation. Instill that in your children. Instill that in your nieces and nephews. Instill it in your own heart. There should be an excitement not to escape this world, but to be with Jesus forever. Church, you should, you should have that in your heart. It's a gift. It's a gift from the Lord. It's a gift from him. It's a promise from him. And he will fulfill his promises. So that's why I also encourage you to wait with faithful pursuit. Don't get sidetracked in this world that we live in and get your eyes focused on something other than Jesus. Don't, don't miss the gift of who he is by getting all wrapped up in the things of this world. Don't, don't lose who he is by drifting away from the center of our faith, Jesus Christ himself. Don't let the things of this world creep into your heart and water down the faith that you once had. Return to your first love. Return to Jesus. Make him your number one passion in this world. With, wait with faithful pursuit. Galatians 6, 8 through 9 says that those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let's have faithful pursuit. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. We will reap the, the second coming. We will reap the, the being with Jesus forever, forever and ever. So while we wait, though, I want to encourage you to do this. Give. Give while waiting. Give while waiting as well. Now look, I'm not talking about your money, right? I'm talking about a whole different kind of give. So please lean in and listen to what I've got to say here. Right? You know that as a parent, if you're a parent or a grandparent, you know that the giving of the gift and watching somebody enjoy the gift you gave them is so much better than getting a gift. How many of you guys have experienced that? Yeah, it's true. That when you put that gift underneath that tree and you watch your child pace back and forth like they are a lion pouncing on prey, that there's something in your heart that just goes, yeah, that's good. There's something in your heart when your grand, grandson or granddaughter gets that gift on Christmas Day and they open it up in front of you and they're like, Papa, that's so good. And it's really like, well, Mimi's the one that found it. <laughs> right? And we all know that. We get that. I mean, there's something, there's something about the giving that is so much better than just the receiving. So while we wait, share the gift of the first coming with as many people as possible. While we wait for what? Not just Christmas, while we wait for the second coming. While we are waiting for the second coming, let's do all we can in the waiting to give the message of the first coming to as many people that will listen. If you truly love people, you'll share that with them. I was recently walking um, in New York City and I was in a subway system and I come up out of the the subway and I'm walking through this corridor before I enter the street level and here's a man that is just preaching the message of Jesus. Now I'm just going to be open and honest with you and let you know that street preachers kind of annoy me many times because I feel like they're doing more harm than they are good because they're normally preaching a message of anger and hate and you know guilt and shame but not this man. This man was extremely gentle. This man was preaching the message of the love of Jesus Christ. And it reminded me of a Noah, a modern-day Noah. 
And uh, it just made my heart just leap and to go out for this man that, look, while we are in our waiting, you are doing everything you can. Even though people are mocking you, they're spitting on you, they're cursing you, right? They're ignoring you, but yet your message, the love of Jesus Christ, will never be stopped by mankind. No one can ever remove Christmas from your heart, right? Because no one can remove Christ from your heart. Like, I loved that in the waiting, this man was giving. And let's be like that man. But also, I want you to do this in the waiting. I want you to wait with hope. You have something to hope for. That because the first coming of Jesus Christ has taken place, your heart should be full of hope because he will come again. You can endure the pain, the suffering, the trials of this life when Jesus Christ lives in your heart. And you can look forward you know, with hope that he will come again. 2 Peter 3, 9, and speaking about the second coming of Christ, he says this, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. This is the heart of God. You might be thinking to yourself, well, Jesus, you could come back any day now because we live in a really messed up world. But he's thinking there's still more people that need to know the good news of my first coming before my second coming. So we can live today waiting with incredible hope, right, that with Jesus living in your heart, you will not be left behind. But it's not just about us anymore. It's about the rest of this world that needs to know the love of Jesus Christ as well. So guys, look, the gift of Christmas can never be canceled by man. I want you to know that. And Isaiah made the prophecy, 700 years it took, but it still happened. And I just want you to know that the gift of Christmas can never be canceled by man. Why? Because man didn't start it. Man never started it. It was birthed out of the very heart of God, guaranteed by the Father himself. And if man couldn't stop the first coming, man can't stop the second coming. And I guarantee you, man can't stop Christmas in 2021. No matter what they say, no matter what this woke culture does, you can't cancel Christmas because you can't take Christ out of the center of the heart of the Christian. All right, so this is the way it goes. So the only one who can cancel Christmas this year is you. You. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Scrooge. I'm not talking about whether you put a tree up or put lights up or not. That's not what I'm talking about. Only you can cancel it. Only you can get your eyes off the promise of the first coming and miss it. It's your choice. Only you can get distracted while waiting for the second coming and miss it. Only you. No one else. No media, no politician, no government, no army, no community. No one else but you. And it's really kind of like you can cancel it in your own heart, but you can't cancel it for me. So I'm encouraging you to lean in this Christmas, engage, Figure out some kind of an advent plan, anticipating the coming, both of the first and the second. Read some scripture. Go online. Google a Christ-centered. Use that devotional. Read that article. Lean in a little bit. Make the most of this Christmas season in 2021. Here's a couple of questions that I just want to leave you with. That Christmas, Christmas should cause us all to ask these two questions. Am I filled with hope? right, from his first coming. Right now, no matter who you are or where you're at or 
what campus you're at or online, are, are your, is your heart truly filled with hope from the first coming? Because if not, at the end of our services, our campus pastors are going to give you an opportunity to let your heart be filled with the hope of Jesus from his first coming. But the second question that we should be asking ourselves is this, am I, am I ready for his second coming? This Christmas should cause you to ask those two questions. Are you ready for a second coming? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, is your life emulating the kind of lifestyle that would honor and bring glory to the Lord? If not, figure out what is it going to take to get there. Humble yourself, repent, confess. If you're not ready for the second coming because you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and leader, our campus pastors are going to help you make that decision at the end of our service. No one can cancel Christmas but you. Only you. So let's lean in. Let's get the most out of it. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand with me as we prepare our hearts to worship. Lord, today, your scripture reminds us that although your people had to wait for hundreds of years, that when you promise something, you fulfill it. We thank you for that, Lord. Because if it, wasn't, if it wasn't for your faithful fulfillment of your promise, we wouldn't be standing here able to worship Jesus, the Savior of our souls. But that also means that your promise of his second coming, it will be fulfilled. And in the waiting, would you just help our hearts to be ready? Would you fill our hearts with that hope? Would you let faith arise within us? Would you let the joy that's brought through Christ fill our hearts? And would you let a peace that passes all understanding rest upon us? So Lord, this Christmas, help us in our waiting to make the most. Focus in on the real meaning. Christ at the center. That's Christmas. Christ at the center of his first coming and Christ at the center of his second. Lord, thank you for your promise. And as we worship you, we know we're worshiping a God who can do all things, all things in my life through Christ. You can do all things in my life through Christ who gives me that strength. Give us strength to seek you and to find you this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.